everybody. You're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast, where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got an awesome guest. We are very excited to be here with State Farm agent Ross Whitfield. He has a vast experience in working with real estate investors and just regular homeowners and anyone needing insurance. But today, we are going to talk to him about the world of real estate investing and how people can have the right coverage and be covered in a wild, wild world that we live in today. So without further ado, Ross, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic, guys. How are you guys doing? We're excited to have you. Man, thanks for having me. We've worked with you for a long time, and we've been... We've been chilling off camera, just kind of talking and catching yeah. up. And man, you're such a cool dude. I appreciate that. You're a cool dude. The feeling's mutual. So you know, <laughs> it's just, it's awesome to be here chatting with with cool dudes. We're the homeboys, and having <laughs> cool dudes on the show should kind of goes hand in hand. There you go. The other part, I don't know why Scott's here. Um, <laughs> I thought you, you said know, you needed a cool dude. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But but what one of the things that that's really interesting about Ross for us is he came to us the old fashioned way, which is he earned our clients' business with the best rates and some really good service, and. Um, you know, Clint and I have, have been in this industry for a long time. We've seen different people come and go, but Ross came to us by winning over our clients. They would reach out to multiple people and Ross had the answers for them. And uh, we, we, we found that to be repeated time after time. And so he has a proven track record of having some great rates and great service. So I really respect that when someone comes to us that way, because we have a lot of friends out there in this world, especially mm-hmm. in insurance. Right, right, and right. so it's neat when a new person comes in and wins everybody over. So well, I really appreciate you guys saying yeah. that. And I really do appreciate the business. I enjoy talking to your clients, right? And doing right by them. So, and then then um, really educating. Because sometimes it might be a, a first time investor that mm-hmm. you guys have been you begin working with. Right. And so taking the time to just go over the policy, and more importantly, this is what you need to be paying attention to. This is what you need to be aware of. Make sure somebody as you shop me. Because I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're going to shop me, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. just right. just get one quote and call it a day. Um, but a, I think it's very important, you know, when when people are shopping. Um, people don't understand that having someone that is well-versed in investment property, mm-hmm. not every yeah. insurance agent knows, you know, the world of investment property. And we, we talk about it with um, insurance agents and, uh, you know, mortgage brokers. You know, you don't, you don't want to walk into uh, just your big, um, you know, brick-and-mortar bank mm-hmm. and say, hey, I want to, you know, buy my investment property. There's, there's specialized people. And it's the mm-hmm. same in, in the insurance world it that, is. you know, when people are shopping this, they need to know, Hey, you need to talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I pride myself on, Hey, I speak your language. I too invest in properties. So I know what's important to you. I know you're really looking to cash flow this thing. I know what kind of coverage you really need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to advise you on what I would do if I were you and I was sitting in your position, knowing what I know. But it's more than that. We talked a little bit beforehand mm-hmm. about your story mm-hmm. of how you kind of became a real uh, a, a specialist uh, and a true, true expert in insuring rental properties. And it wasn't just that you were an investor yourself. It also happened to be, in some ways, by circumstance, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, where yeah. your office was. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and the way the markets were changing. So sh- I, want, I want you to share that with, with okay. people, how that worked, because okay. I found it very interesting. I think our listeners will, too. Okay, yeah. So my office, if you don't know, um, and why would you? You've never met me. <laughs> and so my office is downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, right? right? And so um, a lot of, especially back in 2008, a lot of the property around me was um, a target for real estate investors. They were buying up a lot of that uh, property, mm-hmm. those homes. And so, um, and there, if you look at, you know, not to get too far into the weeds, you look at where an insurance agent, how he makes his money, it's on premium, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, your typical state farm agency, they're going to make most of their money on insuring autos. That's mm-hmm. where our bread and butter lies, right? Being, again, a downtown insurance agent, there aren't a lot of autos, right? Everybody's Ubering. Everybody's mm-hmm. riding scooters. They're walking to work. That's why you live downtown because you want to walk to work and that right. sort of thing. And so for me to find a way to pay the bills and keep my family fed and that kind of stuff, I needed to figure out where am I, you know, what's going on? Where, where's the business to be had around me? And it really ended up being the real estate investor, all those rental properties that were around my office and in, in, uh, in proximity, my zip code, if you will. And so I had to go and learn that business. What does that, what's important to that um, potential client, right? right? What are they looking for? Um, what's important to them? How do I even attract them? How do I approach them? How do I get to them, right? And so I had to dig deep and figure out, okay, well, you know, how's this policy work? What's important to them? Again, like I said, mm-hmm. not to be redundant, right. but what's important to them, right? What's, right. Um, Do you think that's why, why you're so good at this? Our clients, as you, as I told you beforehand, we hear only good about you. Well, Is it because you speak their language? Is that why? I think it has a lot to do with it. Even my staff, um, when you, when I hire on a new staff member, I say, listen, this is where we, this is, <laughs> this is our bread. Cause I really, honestly, that is my major line in my office. It's not the autos. It's not the homeowners. What obviously um, that's important to me, and we 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 do write a fair amount of homes and autos, but we really hang our hat. That's why that's what I tell my my staff when we bring them. I say, listen, we hang our hat on the rental dwelling policy. So you got to know this thing inside and out, and you got to understand what's important to this prospect. I'm really right. intrigued at how you got into that because. Uh, we we were living that world, you know, at the same time you were living mm-hmm. that world downtown. Like the, you said, 2008, mm-hmm. and all the people that were buying properties up um, in downtown, I was one of them. Yeah. Um, Scott, Scott, Guilty. Scott, Scott, was, <laughs> Scott was as well at that time. But, uh, you know, I also look back on those days with such regret because some of the, the, the prices of those homes down there. Well, sure, they're know, giving them away. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. Oh, you know, I... Yeah. I lived on 19th and Central down there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, What'd you, know, you pay I, for that house? I, pay, I paid forty grand. Yeah. Six thousand yeah. square feet. What did it sell for the last time? One million. Yeah. 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 Forty thousand dollars he paid. Yeah. You just want to shoot yourself. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> yeah. what could have showed up? But the crazy yeah. thing yeah. at yeah. that yeah. time yeah. is when I paid forty grand for that, there were fifty on the market at that time. Mm-hmm. Same price. And you were you wringing know. your hands, am I paying too much? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Really? I know, I know, right. I know. You know, and I look back on there like, oh my gosh. But anyhow, like I know, and I think that's really intriguing about your story is because, yeah, man, that was, that's when it was, it was 
That was the market down there. Yeah. It was a buy or sell. It was it a fire sell. Yeah. But you, you make know. a good point too, which is you were wringing your hand saying, Am I overpaying? We were living in fear because the market was so uncertain that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It had mm-hmm. lost so much that everything was scary. Yeah. If only yeah. we had that hindsight. Highest twenty twenty you know, baby. Like yeah. that we knew things were gonna be okay. And yeah. it's uh it's a lesson that I think we carry forward now, which is, you know, markets normalize, they're cyclical, they mm-hmm. do go up and down. And if you can stay the course, it's it's part of what turned us into long-term cash flow mm-hmm. investors is I got, it's too stressful. I would just want to buy a cash flowing asset uh-huh. and let it work. Yeah. You yeah. know, let the tenant pay it off. It, it, it'll appreciate over the long term. I'm sure. I don't want to look at the price mm-hmm. for over a five-year period or a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. I just want that cash flow. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because after a period of time, Right, because mm-hmm. I started my career way, 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 way back then. When rather, as a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so I studied the markets, the financial right. markets, equities. Right. Yeah. And the parallel between the stock market and the real estate market is uncanny. Ten-year cycles. Right. Ten-year cycles. So anyone studies the mar- the stock market, you know, it's ten-year cycles. If you just oh eight and eighteen, that there's. Correct. These bubbles, mm-hmm. and they, everything corrects. They mm-hmm. ride up, then they have to correct. Like right. any, everything, it has to correct itself, then it rides right. back up, then it corrects itself. And so it really is, um, af- after being in the business for a, a period of time, 15 years, I've seen, I'm like, oh, You've wow. You've seen the cycles. I've mm-hmm. seen the cycles, and then I had the experience with as it, with regard to being a, an, an advisor, investment advisor, and I knew I saw those cycles, and you, mm-hmm. and you study those cycles. You're like, wow, these are amazingly similar mm-hmm. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and and the, that's why and it's so hard to time them even the brightest mm-hmm. minds in the world can't time yeah. them in the market uh real estate or or the stock market well there's some who can better than others but it's funny it's like bernie that. madoff yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> bernie madoff yeah. yeah he's a genius yeah, just, yeah. he gets yeah. these returns he just gets yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i don't know how the market's it. lost yeah, half yeah, its value yeah, yeah. but i still get an 18 percent with my money with him guy, man, on paper he's this man he's a wizard yeah but um, it's funny you say that because um, so in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. And you know when to, when to buy, when to sell, that sort of thing. The, there's a famous adage which is it's not timing the market; it's time, time in, in the, the market. market. It's right. the same right. thing. We say it all the time. Right? Yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The similarities and the parallels mm-hmm. between equity investing and real estate investing. It's they're 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 so similar. It's, it's not even. I show it's good to hear you say that. Yeah, because like I I get so bent out of shape. To, on this show a lot talking about mm-hmm. the stock market just because i don't know it's just not for me you know mm-hmm. i get emotionally involved and i just feel like i'd make you know bad decisions you do, you do. You know? you, get- <laughs> you do it's because you're you an do. emotional decision it's going to be yeah. a bad decision mm-hmm. yeah you're 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 selling low and buying high you so know? you know hearing hearing you say that the, the the parallels are there i'm wondering is in the big difference in my in my stupid brain is that it's easier to get out of it's, well, that's the one of the factors because I could click a few, mm. you know, clicks that's, of a button on that's my computer. That's only one and, of the factors. The other factors. Well, you is, know how stupid I am. You can yeah. enlighten me. No, no. The other factor is <laughs> praise hell. <laughs> the other factor is is the way you look at it going in. You look at stocks saying I'm going to exit when it's up. That's not how you look at real estate. When you buy it's real true. estate, you look at real estate as a hold. Mm-hmm. Same so, with stock. Mm-hmm. You should. He, yeah, Warren we Buffett. His mm-hmm. one of his. One of his, you know, he's a value books, investor. He's a value style investor, right. as am I. Um, as, as is 
as is the typical real estate investor. Right. You're looking for a good deal. You want to hold it for a long period of time. Right. He'll say, don't buy a stock unless you intend to hold it for 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, it's, it's like the, the parallel, I'm, I'm a broken record. Mm-hmm. The parallels are just I've become it's less amazing. of a value investor in real estate over the over my mm-hmm, career. Mm-hmm. I become every year less of a value investor and ah. more of a, I want it to be a quality asset. Cash flow. I almost don't care what I pay for it in a way. As long as I know that that's an awesome property in a good area that's mm-hmm. going to have returns, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. willing to overpay versus you know, versus something with a little higher risk and unknowns. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Clinton and I, we know how to buy houses and properties very cheap. And it's one of the skills that, that I'm most proud of that I have. I'm a, I'm a, oh, yeah. but at the same time, it's the least important part to me. It's okay. Literally the least important part. I want good properties in good areas that I trust are going mm-hmm. to cash flow, And mm-hmm. I have to pay 10 grand more than I want for that property over one that I can get a good value on. Uh-huh. All day long, all over pay. Well, let's let's bring insurance into that. I think that raises an interesting question. So, how does insu- how is insurance affected by the different areas that you go into? You know, we we stay out of uh, typically your low rent mm-hmm. you know districts. Mm-hmm. We we you're not going to go there and see one of Scotty and I's you know for rent signs. Yeah, yeah. You know up up there. You know we're in. More of your uh, suburban family, you know, type, mm-hmm. you know, neighborhoods, good mm-hmm. schools. Uh, yes, I've seen you know, your stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You do all this. So, like, yeah. what's what's is what's the differences? You okay. know, the analytics that go in into mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. so people know. Yeah, and so so if you're in an area where there's um, high crime, high vandalism, high robbery, theft, that sort of thing, and so uh, the insurance underwriters, what we're looking at is we're looking at stats, statistics, right? Mm-hmm. So we're saying, hey, in this and within a couple mile radius of this address, how many losses have we seen? Um, and so if you're buying in an area where you might, it, to your point, if it looks like it's a great deal, right? And that right. dog might have fleas, right? right? Yeah. And so, and so, um, and it's usually it's a great deal for a reason, right? They're right. getting, they're getting right. rid of it because someone probably buys it. Sounds too good to be true. Probably is. Yeah. There you right. go. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, your insurance premium is is good. The insurance company can't say we we're not going to insure you, right? That's illegal, right? Unless you personally have a a, a poor loss history record, right? Mm-hmm. You have a ton of claims. Right. However, your the premium for that property is going to be reflected in our loss experience in that particular area, right? Right, and so it does. And so you look at it, and real estate investor, you're looking at the cash flow that increased premium is going to eat into your cash flow because you're paying more for insurance on that property than you would have had you bought one from the homeboys somewhere mm-hmm. in a nicer area where they have better schools, they have lower crime, they're not going to have as many burglary losses, they're going to make, not going to have as many vandalism losses, so on and so forth. I mm-hmm. find this interesting because I've never f- peeled back the onion to think why this is, but when we see those ghetto property performers, their insurance rate <laughs> is higher sometimes than on a more expensive house. And that makes sense why probably, right? Because I always just kind of thought that they were... But they weren't really reflected on those pro forms. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people because the people that are the people that are selling that garbage is just putting something bogus on there anyway. Yeah, Yeah, but it's fascinating that that the rates could be less on a nicer house than. Yeah, well, if you look around, you see a lot of vacant homes in that area. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. (laughs) 
And so you buy a house, <clears throat> and this happens, you know, and again, because here's from the insurance company standpoint, uh, we don't even like insuring homes that are going to be vacant or they're vacant. Right. Um, for, so if someone comes to me and they say, hey, I don't, I don't, it's, it's vacant, do you intend to have it rented within 30 days? If okay. not, I really don't want to mess with it because there's a high probability someone's going to come in there, break in there, and steal your um, copper pipes, mm-hmm. right, for, for scrap. Your AC right? condenser outside. Right. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna come and get you, and they're going to file a claim for vandalism. There's mm-hmm. a lot of investors who have mm-hmm. run into that before mm-hmm. where they'll have a, a tenant that trashes their property. And, On the way out the and, door. Yeah, yeah, they might not have a property manager who can turn that quickly. They may mm-hmm. be self-managing, mm-hmm. and it'll be vacant for three months, and they'll get dropped by their insurance. Yeah, yeah if it's a vacant property, um, you will get dropped. Right. Because we know, again, lost experience. Right. Mm-hmm. State Farm's been around for over 100 years. We know by, from right. experience that there's a high probability that your home is going to be vandalized. Someone's going to come in there and steal, you know, the fixtures, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and go sell them on um, Facebook Marketplace. Well, I want to get down to some nitty gritty questions that I know the people listening want to hear. Okay. So I know that our investors out there that are listening or people who haven't invested who are interested, they want to know how they should insure, what they should insure, high deductible, low deductible, Mm -hmm. just some of those details, just the bigger picture. How do you, how do you explain what an investor should do with these, with insurance? Well, typically speaking, the investor, I'll start with, you know, um, I'm, I'm visualizing the policy, right? So coverage A, dwelling. Okay. Right? That's the first thing we're, we're really looking at. That's primarily where your premium's coming from. And so for just to explain the way we figure out how much insurance you need, is does it, it's not depend, dependent upon how much you pay for the property. It's the insurance value. That's what we're looking at. So what's it going to cost us to rebuild this home should a tornado come and knock it off its foundation or burn to the ground? Replacement right? cost. Mm-hmm. Replacement cost, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, which get, leads into a, another point I'll get to in a hot second. Um, but the average insurance, I mean, the average real estate investor, he's not, or he or she, is you're in California, you bought a house in Indianapolis. If that house burned to the ground or that house was wiped off its foundation, you're probably not going to go through the hassle of rebuilding that home from scratch. Correct. You're going to bury it, take the insurance money, and go buy another one, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to try and build a house halfway across the country, right? right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's impractical. Right. But you might, whatever, but it's not, your, it's not your primary residence, so usually that's not the case. Right. And so you probably want to reduce that amount, right? You want to make sure that, hey, listen, if there's a fire or there's a hailstorm, I need a new roof, I got enough coverage for that. If there's a fire and it's partially destroyed, we have ample coverage to make sure that's taken care of. But if the um, property were to burn to the ground, I'm probably not going to rebuild it because the cost to rebuild is likely more than what you paid for the home. Right. Right. It, Almost always. It, right. Very likely it's going to be more than you. And so you're not going to want to, so, you know, about 80% of that number is probably fine for you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that 80% of that number is generally probably about what the market value of the property is. So you in that, in that ballpark, in that ballpark, in that ballpark. it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Exact, it's, and what you want to do is what, think about it. What you're doing with your insurance is you're protecting your investment, right? That's really what you're out to uh, accomplish. You're really not out there to build a new home or whatever. I was wondering. You're not sure. to protect the house. Mm-hmm. You're protecting the, your cash money flow. and the cash flow yeah, yeah. and being able to replace it. Yeah. That's what you, because again, catastrophic loss, you're going to bury it. You're going to buy something else, right? And, and start from scratch. You're not going to go through that 9, 10, 12 month process of rebuilding a home. Right. And no one wants to do that. And so, uh, and as long as we're within 80% of what we call the insurance value, 
then you're going to you're going to um, have the ability to have a replacement cost loss settlement option. So in, in the world of insurance, there's two ways your, your claim will be settled. Either it's actual cash value, which you don't want. Repeat, you do not want. <laughs> well, because I'll see people get in you know, and they'll say, hey, listen, his quote's a lot less than yours. And I'm like, well, send it to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm, 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 I'm going to analyze them and say, well, that's your problem. That's, what, that's why it's so cheap. Right. He's offering you an actual, actual cash value um, policy. I'm like, what's that? And I'll say, well, let me, I'll, I'll paint you a picture. And so on the actual cash value, let's say you have hail, hail damage to your roof. Now, I'll use real simple numbers to, mm-hmm. to illustrate my point. On an actual cash value settlement, uh, it's a $10,000 roof. You've had the shingles. In the, the, usually your roof is a 20-year life, right? 20-year mm-hmm. life shingles. You've had it for 10 years. Um, so we're going to depreciate it because that's what actual cash value is synonymous with the depreciation. So we're going to depreciate it by half because you've used half its useful life. Right. All right. So that $10,000 roof, we're already at 5000 Now I'm going to take out your deductible, which is 1000 let's say, you would, typical. So here's $4,000 to replace your $10,000 roof. Right. Talk to you later. Right. Right. That's an actual. And so we, not even offer that policy in my office because I, you're not going to remember this conversation I had with you. In 10 years, when you have that hailstorm, we're in the Midwest, you're going to have a hailstorm, right? right? And so when I want so to say, hey, I told you how to get it. Hey, you don't want to hear that. Right. <laughs> I told you so. Nobody likes hearing <laughs> I told right, you right. so. Right. Um, and B, you're not going to remember we had the conversation. So you're going to be mad at me. You're going to be angry at me. And so for me, it's not worth it. Yeah. So if someone really is dead set on that's the policy I want, I want to save that extra $100 a year on premium, whatever the case may be. I'm probably not your guy, mm-hmm. right? It's not worth it to me. It's it's probably because of um, somebody as specialized and who really understands the product as well as you talking to so many of our clients. But when there's a hailstorm mm-hmm. in the state, mm-hmm. we don't get clients calling scared. Yeah. We get co- clients calling happy and yeah. excited. Yeah. Hey, yeah. did I get hit? Am I getting a new roof? <laughs> Am I getting a new roof? And, and so yeah. it's interesting, the difference between kind of a newbie investor who like hears, oh no, there's a hailstorm that hit mm-hmm. my roof versus the, the folks that have been in your hands mm-hmm. who understand that, yeah. hey, you're about to get a new roof if that happens. So it costs $1,000 for right. that $10,000 roof as opposed mm-hmm. to $6,000 right. for that $10,000 roof. Right. And and that's the difference in making sure you have the right policies. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. All right. So that's yeah. the type of policy. What else? And so <clears throat> so to protect your cash, your cash flow and that sort of thing, you always want to make sure that the policy also has what they call loss of rents because that's a business owner policy. Where, again, we're protecting your investment. So you had that fire in the kitchen Right. Let's say they're in there mm-hmm. kicking, they start a fire and they burn down the kitchen. Um, they're leaving. <laughs> right. Right. And so now you don't have that cash flow. So loss of rents in your policy is going to protect your cash flow while the other coverages in your policy rebuild. Right. Restore right. that kitchen. And that's another thing. I also I want to uh, I always like to advise um, the real estate investors to say, you know, what you really should think about doing is requiring that your tenant have a renter's policy. And so that right. scenario I just gave you, they burned down the kitchen. As opposed to you filing a claim on your policy and you right. have to pay the deductible and your rate's going up because you now you have, because mm-hmm. that's not an, um, a weather-related claim. Right. right. That's a preventable claim, and those go make your rate go up. Right. That lost history, right? And so if that, that tenant has a renter's policy, that is a claim on the liability portion on their policy. So right. their, their insurance is covering all that. Right. 
You don't have to worry yeah. about it. And your insurance is the one who will do the work and go after their renter's insurance too. So it's not yeah, like yeah, you're going to be yeah. making calls to their. Well, you, you yeah. know, it, um, again, you're going to, on their renter's policy, you're not even, you're not even going to call me. Right. When they burn down your kitchen, you won't yeah. even call me yeah. because you're going to be listed on their insurance, their renter's policy as yeah. additional interest. Right. And they'll call you. And right. So they'll, so yeah. you'll call them and you'll right. call their insurance company. Right. Right. Or if I'm their insurer, that's fine. Right. And say, Hey, this is the loss. This is what happened. Yeah. And they'll deal and their, that their renter's policy will deal, deal directly with you on paying the cost to restore that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. So and you don't even have a deductible in that scenario. Right. Yeah. It's, it's liability on their policy. Um, my, so yeah. my, my daughter's uh, apartment at college flooded on Christmas day. They were oh. both home. Pipes burst. Yeah, and they're in yeah. an apartment building, and they're they're in a building, not like units, like mm-hmm. a building. Mm-hmm. And their unit was next to the main line, the Ooh. water main line for the building. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it literally flooded their they're snorkeling everything they had. And renter's insurance was the greatest thing I ever had. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just I got a check for I don't know. I think it was fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, to replace and, all their stuff. Yeah, and and that renter's policy. Pay for them to go stay somewhere else until they can find another right. place to stay or get back right. to their. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it paid is for cheap. mileage because we didn't turn in where they lived. It paid for their mm-hmm. mileage to drive from home back mm-hmm. to school mm-hmm. the, where they got mileage instead of a uh, place to live. Yeah. It blew great. my mind that his girls had. You know something of value up there because I told Scott whenever whenever I was in college mm-hmm. you could have wiped out everything I owned it would have been about twenty five dollars right. yeah right my right. Dudes. I had a pack of cigarettes right I would have lost know. a pack of cigarettes but the two other things I owned would have been clean because they got water <laughs> yeah, off right. Right. Yeah, it's better off no now than I they would have been an improvement <laughs> an improvement so that got us going through like our inventory of our college stuff like you know the milk crate. Entertainment center and you know you have one of those too yeah that's right yeah. all blue the, yeah, all the uh, <laughs> I black because I, yeah. I thought that was you're stylish classy, you're, I know. you're such a classy guy kitchen from Goodwill uh-huh. you know, and Salvation yeah. Army yeah. so yeah. I, I, what I, I we're talking about that though like so like when say investors have claims mm-hmm. you know what what does that what do, how does that that affect them because I think a lot of people think oh if I have a claim then all of a sudden I'm going to be canceled no. No, well, there's claims looked at differently. Mm-hmm. So if it's a weather-related claim, we don't hold that against you, right? There's nothing you can do about the hailstorm. You couldn't prevent that. Um, go back again to the fire. You, that likely could have been prevented. If, if, if your electrical system had been maintained and up to, you know, your wires didn't spark and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Because typically, if you're going to have a fire, it's either someone in the kitchen who can't cook, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you, your wire, you had faulty wiring in the home. Okay. Okay. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. So your electrical panel You would know those stats well. better than me, but that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. But those are typically, if you want to have a fire, that's usually the source is either someone cooking or yeah. bad wiring. Okay. And so that those kinds of things will affect the rate more than mm-hmm. weather-related claims. Yeah. And if you have a couple of those type of claims in, let's say, five, 10 years, you're probably going to get dropped. Yeah. Because we're assuming it's going to happen again. Because we work on, again, stats law Right. You know, averages, right? So we're assuming you're going to have a, you know, a claim every 15 to 20 years. You know, that, we assume that's going to happen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you become an outlier, we're like, uh, well, the probability of you having another one right. is pretty good. So we want to cut our bait, cut our losses. Right. So mm-hmm. do they base that on, do they judge someone the same if they have 50 policies versus one policy? Because the person with 50 mm. is more likely to have a claim. No, no. Good, good so question, it, actually. It's it's based on per address. Okay. Right. So if we drop that particular policy, when it comes to renters, rental dwelling policies, I should say, okay. 
And so um, we're look we're we're assessing each individual location Understood. and not your entire portfolio. That's good information mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. I have another specific question. All right. And I think I know the answer, but I think that you'll know the answer better than, than us. It's something that we've done. As mm-hmm. as we've grown over the years with our inventory, with the, our holdings, yep. we've increased our deductibles mm-hmm. um, over those years because we can handle those losses mm-hmm. um, to the point where, in some ways, we've even thought about not having insurance at all other than you know liability because mm-hmm. you, you have a one house burned down you know, well, your your insurance costs for all of our portfolio is the cost of a house per year. So you could almost have, you know, you could almost mm-hmm. self-insure, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you say for deductibles? Do you say a different amount for a new investor who has one property, or do you do you think it should be the same uh, up to a certain threshold? Or do you have any opinion? No, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's it's um, the situation is the boss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so each individual is going to be different with your threshold is because there's a direct correlation as you would always say. your wife's nickname? Uh, the situation. That's a guy from MTV. He's like Jersey Shore. Yeah. 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 He always pulls his shirt. Show the six. That's a kegger. Ratings are going down. Ratings are going down. That's right. No. Not good. Not good. Oh, man. Um, but anyhow, the situation so, yeah. is the boss. Yeah, yeah situation yeah. is the boss. Mm-hmm. And so there's a direct, as you already know, or I would assume, there's a direct correlation between your deductible, right? Your, you know, how much risk you're willing to assume versus the premiums. The more you assume, the lower your premium, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, if your portfolio and your, you can bear a larger pre- uh, deductible, rather, right. I would strongly recommend r- raising it. So, you, you know, for okay. me, the minimum is 1000 mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but I have a lot of clients who say, you know, Hey, listen, um, Jack, mine's a five, right? You know, I'm going to go 5,000, um, or somewhere thereabouts because they're like, you know, if I have a claim and it's, a, you know, if, it, if something happens to this house, right. And it's, you know, 4,000, whatever, $5,000, I'm going to pay for it out of pocket. I'm not going to file right. a claim anyway. Cause I want my rates to go up. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I'm going to pay that out of pocket anyway. Right. Right. And so that's usually what I say is, Hey, listen, um, when I'm talking, especially the new the new person, yeah, and they're 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 contemplating a higher deductible, I say, well, listen, let's look at it this way: if something happens tomorrow, what can you stand mm-hmm. without sweating, right? right. What's going to make you going to be all right? And you know, saying, I can do about two or three thousand. Like, all right, well, then let's put it there, right? Right. Um, um, but if this is your first one, you don't really have a lot of um, reserves, right? right? You should probably go up to thousand. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. If if you're if you're already tight everywhere else, mm-hmm. you again, you, our clients and the people listening to this understand that they're long term cash flow mm-hmm. investors. Mm-hmm. And if you're that tight, where a bump above your deductible is going mm-hmm. to derail you, you mm-hmm. better get that deductible yeah. as low as you can because yeah. you're on this train for the long yeah. haul. You can't you can't let two thousand dollars derail you. So get the deductible as low as possible. Mm-hmm. So you build don't up get your derailed. assets, correct, and then in two, three, yeah. four, five years, yeah. Going, going and doing a new assessment. You know, because I, I, I have agree. clients. Go ahead. No, I agree. The assessment yeah. is a great yeah. point. I have clients, and we we will reevaluate everything every couple two three years. You know, because we'll, mm-hmm. what we're going to do with so just segues into a great point with your that dwelling cover J right the building itself every year or so we're going to jack that up for you because you're not going to think to call me and say you know what Ross inflation's taking place I should probably in the cost to rebuild the cost to repair something is probably going to cost me a little bit more. 
this year than it, right. this year than it did last year. Right. So we're automatically going to raise it up for you. And so I'll have clients and, you know, every two or three years, we're going to go through, we're going to do a wholesale review of all their properties. Some will bring back down, like, you know what, I think we're fine here mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll, and we'll um, do a new evaluation of that property, bring it back down. Right. We'll do evaluation of their, um, their deductible levels and we'll, uh, and as how the and as they relate to their premium, right? And again, it's it's been a number of years. They've retained some more cash, and so they're more comfortable with the higher deductible. So we'll sure. jack that up. Their rates come down. We'll we'll adjust their coverage amount, and then like oh, they're like, oh thanks. They feel, they feel great, right? They save some money, so now um, they can uh, uh, continue to accumulate. Cash flow and assets. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Well, every if you're listening years. to this and you just heard that, call your insurance agent. Call them up. Have them do an assessment of your portfolio. Look at the values. Look at how much your properties have been increased. Decrease that insurance if you need to. Increase it if you need to. And do a whole a whole overlook on every property you have. That way, you know you're insured, you know you're not overspending, and, and balance that out. And if you're in Indiana, don't call your insurance agent. <laughs> call Ross, and That's he'll right. take care of you. That's right. I endorse that message. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're a real estate investor you know, also, and I, I know we're getting towards the end of our time here, but real quick, can, is, it, is it primarily you? Is it a family uh, situation where you and your wife tackle it together? Yeah, my wife and I, we, we work together in the insurance agency, and mm -hmm. we work together on the properties. Yeah. You're still, an amazing you guys still man. Like, still like one another? We tolerate each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. <laughs> no, she I tolerates get, you. You still yeah. love her, basically. You're just trying not I'm to annoy her. I'm along for the ride. I'm along yeah. for the ride. Well, Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> Smart well man. But the, you know, I always find it interesting because I know, like every every you know, marriage is different. Like I couldn't see me and my wife, you know, being around one another all day, every day, and then out. You know, We're not. Doing, doing the investment property thing. Your kids drive you in different directions, right? No, we don't even work in yeah. the same environment. Yeah. And so when I'm in the office, she's working from home. And when she's in the office, I'm working from home. So we're yeah. very rarely in the office at the exact same time. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. no, no. So are you uh, are you working on the houses together? Are, we you, have, are you investors that are in there with paintbrushes in your hands? Or no. okay, there are, there are certain. I was things. I was getting ready to play marriage counselor and say uh -huh. you need to get away from that because yeah. I've seen I've no. seen couples go down that road. I'm like, oh my god, no, 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 no. I don't have time for that. Yeah, you know, we have yeah. three kids, we have two businesses. I don't have time, nor do I have the desire. Yeah. Um, but what I do do is I understand what it costs, how much time. It um, takes for certain repairs. Right. So I understand how much this costs. I understand how long you should be do working on this project. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? That sort of right. thing. Um, and then I, I know who to call for. So I know who to call to do this. I have an HVAC guy. I have right. a plumber. I have an electrician. You know, you have those right. guys. And you just Rolodex is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so no, I... But do I want to roll up my sleeves and get in there and do that? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one, um, that brings us kind of to our, we, we like to close mm -hmm. with, okay. uh, with three particular questions. And we, mm -hmm. we normally have a lot of real estate investors on, on this show, and we're, you're a real estate investor, but we also mm -hmm. got to know a, little, a lot more about insurance okay. today. So we right. thank right. you for our conversation. Oh. But we're going to dive in to a few real estate-related questions because you are 
an investor. Yep. Uh-oh. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> so the first question is, what's the best real estate decision you've ever made? To start. Love it. Yeah. To start. Do, just get in there and do it. The uh, first one, you're going to make some mistakes. You'll learn. Um, and then from there, uh, you'll never be happier. I love it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that brings us to the next question. Okay. What's the worst real estate decision you've ever made? I didn't buy a property. I should have multiple properties. I should, you know, it gets back to where we're talking about on the top of our conversation, right. um, where I, I, I was like, well, you know, there's a bidding war mm-hmm. and I tapped out and now I'm kicking myself like, man, well, another 5,000, who cares I know. at this point? <laughs> it appreciated so 60, 70, 80, hundred, you know, it's so true. why was I, why was I wringing my hands mm. over $5,000? So that would be, that would be, it quit, quit being so cheap. It's you, I think you'd be surprised how common that answer is. It's, yeah. it's almost everyone's answer is mm-hmm. it's not that they regret the properties that they lost money on. Mm-hmm. They regret the properties that they passed on that mm-hmm. they should have gone after because you learn so much on the ones you lose money on mm-hmm. and that go wrong. It's still, there's still value and you in can that still money. Fix it. Yeah. You Correct. Can st- yeah. You're like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't right. a great year, but I won't do that again. Yeah. It's yeah. what you missed out on. There's yeah. a, yeah. there's a, you know the restaurant that's on Geist over here, and for mm-hmm. our listeners who don't know, Geist is kind of the most affluent area, mm-hmm. you know, here in Indianapolis. And we go in there, me and my wife, we eat at that restaurant. And if you look across the water, there's this house right across there. That it's the same thing. I was bidding war. You know, I put an offer on it, and it was like if I had paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I would have gotten that stinking house. And we're talking twelve thousand square foot, you know, yeah. house. Yeah. You know, In a over state. there. You're right. <laughs> and uh just said, Nope, I'm staying firm. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. Went for You're four. not gonna get me. You know, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you know what's interesting? 10, the agent who had that listing was just in our office for Bible study mm-hmm. for lunch today. He was. Uh-huh. We have yeah. a Bible study in here yeah. on Thursdays and uh-huh. he was that yeah. agent. He was knew about it. Uh-huh. He's I like, think yeah. he knows that yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. kicking myself ever since. That was about 10 10 years ago but like Mm -hmm. i'm with you like you know i look back on that and i think that's such good advice for for our listeners is like man there are times like when being cheap really really oh it'll hurt like you know it's gosh i look back on some of those hurts and for for cash flow investors that are truly buying for cash flow the value of the property is just a number on a piece of paper Mm mm-hmm because you're not selling it. Mm-hmm. It's about the returns you're getting. Yeah, so yeah. it's as long as the cash flows right and it's in a gray area, you know what right. I mean? And right. you know it's gonna appreciate non concept, but you're not even worried about the appreciation. Right. You're the worried about how much rent the I cherry can on top. It's a cherry on top. Can, yeah. How much rent how much can I rent this for? Right. Cash yeah. flow baby. Yeah. We're cash flow baby. Ahead, so the so last question we'll, 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 is what advice do you have for that next generation that's coming up? Maybe hasn't gotten into real estate yet or is just starting to. Other than start. Yeah. Um, that can be it. Yeah. Uh, save, have, have reserves, right? Have reserves. Uh, and don't be afraid to leverage. Okay. Don't be afraid to leverage a little bit. Yeah. Stand what you can, but you know, right. Don't yeah. get over leveraged, but right. you, yeah, you're going to need to leverage. It's funny. We preach uh, being real cautious with leverage, but at the same mm-hmm. time, when you're getting started, it's almost impossible to not, you know, yeah. to, to, to not go a little past the line that you would like. You know, it's just be ready to pull that back a little bit, live well, conservatively. Yeah. But to get started, 
I mean, I did. I did that. I mean, I, think I was you, the king of over leveraged. Well, over leveraged again. To your point, like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't recommend being over leveraged. But right. you know, a mortgage is leverage, right? Yeah. And so you're right. going to have to leverage. You know, because I have people. I talk to people and they think they have to pay cash to get the property. I'm like, mm. no, yeah. right. And so that's what I mean. But don't be afraid to leverage. Don't be afraid to take a HELOC on your personal residence to get started. Right. That's a, that that's could a, be a great way to get started. It, it, it's a great a down point. payment for this for this investment property. Right. Get a HELOC. Use that. Use right. that money as your down payment. Right. Get started. Then pay it back. Right. From the rents. Right. Or yeah. if you've yeah. saved up, say, one hundred fifty thousand dollars, don't go buy in one house. Mm. Go buy three. Yes. Use that as Absolutely. down payment. Oh yeah, you, you know. have to. So you have yeah. to use leverage to your benefit. Mm-hmm. Just be mm-hmm. cautious and yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah, know responsible yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, because I have a little, I have a little equation that I do. Okay. Yeah, and it's if half of my properties are vacant, can I? Still flow. I don't. I'm not gonna make That's any money. Yeah. I'm not gonna make any money. But can I still break even, mm-hmm. right? And not dip into my own kitty, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to my savings Correct. to, you know, to pay the bills. That's right? a great little. Yeah. Yeah. So that's net that's that my that, that's my little thing. Like, hey, listen, if half these bad boys um, are vacant at any given mm-hmm. time, cause, which could happen, I, I surely hope it would not. Right. But, but it, it could. But you never know. It's Stars just, could align, and it all. You, you know, know it's, it's your time. investments are still paying for themselves without any of your money, no, even yeah. if they're half done. Yeah. What a great, what a great. I'm, break, I'm still breaking even, right? right. And, then, and then I'm actually, to your point, I'm doing better than breaking even because the principal on those existing are still coming down. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm right. still building equity, right? Right. right. So, well, Ross, fine. how could our listeners get in touch with you? How could, where, where, where could they find you? Where's the best yeah. way to get in touch with you? Um, please do. Uh, but yeah, you can give us a call. He's the real deal. Call yeah. him. You know, I he's, appreciate he's, that. He's, he's, he's I legit. really do. I appreciate that, yeah. guys. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, it, uh, it, our pleasure. It goes without saying. It's been a. It's been a joy. It's been a treat. Oh, we've oh, loved it. I've had a blast. I've had a blast. blast. And I appreciate the opportunity. Um, but if you give us a call at the office, it's three one seven six three five one 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 one. And they can find us online at the WhitfieldAgency.com. So W-H-I-T-F-I-E-L-D. So the WhitfieldAgency.com. Well, we really appreciate you having on. We wish you many, many years of success. And we're going to know about it because we're alongside of you, my friend. We're going <laughs> to. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the relationship. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. It's we're been, on, it's been we're a on this train with you. So yeah. thanks so much for, for coming in. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. So that's our show. If you made it this far, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to grow our podcast and reach as many people as we can to help them understand the wild world of real estate investing. You can also find some short-form content on TikTok. Our TikTok is at the Homeboys Podcast, where you can learn even more about the power of real estate. Thanks for joining us. Till next time. Happy investing.